Hi, and welcome along to my latest podcast. Um, this one's been a long time in the making, and you know, I have a good reason for that. Basically, I'm lazy as hell. I have no producer on my back. I have no sponsors to keep happy, so I just kind of do this when I feel like it. And lately, I haven't been feeling like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm trying to do with this podcast, let's be honest. I know I want it to be about country music, and my love of country music, but I'm still struggling with whether or not I still love country music. Because everything I'm hearing these days isn't really resonating with me. It's not ringing the bell with me in the way it did when I first started listening to country music. So I'm trying to figure out, is that because the music has changed or I've changed? Maybe I'm just kind of stuck in a rut, that I'm still back, stuck in that 90s country music, and that's what I want to hear. And when, of course... You first discover a genre of music, it's all fresh, it's all new. So when you're coming across the songs in it and the great songs in it, it's overwhelming. You, you find so much good stuff and you get lost in it. And maybe I'm looking back with rose-tinted glasses, maybe because I discovered so much fresh stuff, so much good, great music, that I just ignored all the bad stuff. You know, it just kind of got lost between the cracks and I didn't hear it. Whereas now, because I know all that, that that's all there, that's rooted away in my memory banks, now I'm hearing the bad stuff. Maybe it's not so much that the music now is worse than it was back when I started listening to country music. Maybe I'm just noticing it more. So I thought what I might do is take a look at the top five country songs at the moment. So it's, I, I went to the Billboard charts, looked up for this week, got the top five songs, and then... I took a look at the top five from 1993, same week, 1993, which is around the time I started listening to country music, and I thought I'd take a look at them both. So we'll take the top five from this week and the top five from this week in 1995, and we'll see how we get along. Okay, so first up is the top five from this week. So first up is a chap called Kane Brown and a track called What Ifs. So let's get this going here. Okay, so as I said, this is What Ifs by Kane Brown, featuring a lady called Lauren Elania. It's written by Kane Brown uh, and Matthew McGinn and Jordan Schmidt, produced by Dan Huff. Now, Dan Huff has a huge resume going. He's worked with Faith Hill, Trace Adkins, Martina McBride, Carrie Underwood, Leanne Rhimes, Keith Urban, and Megadeth. Yeah, I said Megadeth. That one kind of took me by surprise too. Like, when you look at all these great country artists he's worked with, and then... Megadeth. Okay, right, well. And it comes from an album, Kane Brown, self-titled debut album. So it's his first album, working with a big-time producer, wrote the song himself along with another couple of lads, so that's that's a good start. And it's catchy, I'll have to admit now, I've been listening to it all week, and that tune has gotten in my head. It is nice and catchy. Give it a good, another listen there. So, you know, it's got some nice, catchy little guitar licks in there. I think it's a guitar. Um, and it, it's it's a good song. It's a good pop song. And this is what I'm finding with this track. I can't say I don't like it. It's fine. But it's sure not country to me. It, it sounds like a pop song. You take the production values. You take the vocals. 
the lyrics, it's got a little twist in it, you know, it's, it's the whole, what if you break my heart, that's coming from the girl, but what if I'm your true love, that's coming from the guy, so they're back and forth, so it's nice little kind of lyrics, but nothing too special, but again, I listen to it, and I'm just going, where's the country, hang on, where's the country, oh look, there's a little banjo in there, is that what's making the country? Oh look, pedal steel, there's pedal steel. Oh yeah, it's country. No, I'm sorry. For years I've been hearing this whole thing of, ah, that's not really a country song, you just put a pedal steel in there and call it country. That's the example for me. It's not a bad song. It's not a bad singer. But it's just not country, it's not my country. Maybe it's today's country, but definitely not my country. So, while I don't think it's a bad song, it's not something that draws me in, it's not something that's going to make me want to go out and buy the album, it's not something that's going to make me want to listen to this guy again. If it comes on the radio, I'm not turning it off. It's fine for driving along the road, nice and catchy in the background. So it's okay, nothing spectacular. Not what I'm looking for. This would not turn me into a country music fan if I didn't know what country music was. Because it's not country, it's pop. You know, so I'm... If, if I'm coming from pop music, I'm just staying with pop music and I'm just adding him to the mix possibly. Okay, so that's the first one, Kane Brown What Ifs. Up next is a chap called Russell Dickerson and the track's called Yours. So let's get this going now. So it's a nice slow ballad anyway, so I think we got that much. I was a boat stuck in a bottle but never got the chance to touch the sea Just forgot on the shelves, no wind in the sails Going away with no one to me I was one Okay, so there we go. There's that drumbeat coming in. That's a country drumbeat, isn't it? Yeah, I swear it is. Okay, so Russell Dickerson, yours. It's written by Russell Dickerson um, and Parker Welling and Casey Brown. Produced by Casey Brown. And again, comes from the album Called Yours. So this seems to be Russell's big track on the album, if he's uh, calling the album after it. It's a debut album as well, so like Kane Brown, first album, first foray into the music business. And again, it's nice, it's fine, it's pleasing to the ear. Seemingly, it's, um, it's become a very popular wedding song. You can see that, you know, it's a, it's a good love song. It's a country. Oh, here we go again. Like, this is You know, it's, it's fine, it's pleasant, it does what it's set out to do, obviously, but it's not grabbing me. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to turn the radio up if it comes on, I'm just going to leave it playing in the background. I've no interest in the finding out more about this guy again. It's just meh. It's just bland, nothing spectacular about it. So again, not necessarily bad, although... It's a little too schmaltzy for me. I kind of like a little bit of an edge to my love song, so this is all basically just, I love you so much, and that's just boring to me. I don't get into the songs when it's just a case of, I love you so much. That's a very teenage view on love. Real life love isn't like that and for me that's the big difference between pop music and country music. Pop music is all young, innocent, fresh to the world. 
country music should have a little more depth to it. There should be a little more of life's edges in it, a little more grown up, if you want to, to use a crappy term. So again, not really real life for me. So again, just not hitting those country notes for me. It still sounds like a pop song to me. Nothing here that convinces me this should be called country. And it does make me question how we're labeling songs and music. Like, why do we bother to put labels onto songs if they're not really fitting those labels? Why call a song country? Why call an artist country if the music they're doing isn't really what people consider country? And I don't think that's just me. I wouldn't consider that country. Again, I'm not going to make a judgment on whether it's good or bad because I'm no critic. I just know what I like. I don't particularly like that. It's plain, it's innocent, it's harmless, not grabbing my attention. So when I hear that's a country song, I'm going, oh, no, that's not, that's bad. But when I listen to it neutrally and just go, that's a song, I'm like, nah, it's fine, it's middle of the road. But calling it country gives me, um, puts my back up straight away. I'm expecting something different. So I think you're wrong to be calling these tracks country. What have we got next? Okay, so next is Like I Loved You by Brett Young. So again, we'll give it a quick listen here first. You would have thought you wrote down every word Goodbye spilled out Okay, so it's again a slow song. Um, got a little more of a country drawl to his singing, I suppose. But again, is that instrumentation? Is that production country? Okay, got a nice little catchy rhythm to it, not too bad. It's more country than the last two songs I think we've heard, or at least it sounds it to my ear. But again, very middle of the road, right? So, okay, love me like I loved you. Anyways, so it's written by Brett Young and Jesse Lee, uh, produced by Dan Huff again. So Dan produced the What If by Kane Brown there earlier on as well. And from Brett Young's debut, self-titled album so again we three in a row here now and uh, debut album so it's it's only their first time releasing a major record maybe they've done some eps in the past that seems to be the trend now these days a lot of lads coming up that way which is good you know it's nice to see people develop but there you go are they developing hang on let's get go again okay so just, just on that, three debut albums, so maybe these people haven't found their voices as such yet, but to be honest, all these songs to me are interchangeable. Any of those guys could have sang any of those songs so far. Nothing is jumping out of me as unique, which again is something that drew me to country music in the first place. You could tell the different artists from the different songs. They all had their own sound, they all had their own style, at least the way I remember it. Whereas now, bam, 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 and of course, I'm sure it doesn't help that two of them are produced by the same person. 
and we're dealing with debut albums here so you know people do find time to to get their feet under them these days they probably get to the recording stage and the big record stage a little bit quicker than they did in the old days like when you think of some of the legends um, of music Johnny Cash Waylon Jennings in country Elvis out on um, on rock and roll the Stones they played a lot first before they kind of made their break maybe not Elvis Elvis kind of hit big quick but a lot of them would have as um, cut their teeth playing in bars working their way up through the music finding their sound before they started recording it and hit the labels maybe these people just need a little more development but again so far I am left underwhelmed nothing here has blown me away so far I'm just hearing a lot of pop music some of it with a little bit of a country twinge like that one there but still nothing I'm going to call country what do we got next okay next up is Thomas Rhett and a track called a track called marry me here we go now stay quiet there for a little bit longer because that's the first song I wanted to listen to that's the first song where the lyrics were a little bit better so it's telling you a story there you go that's country music country music should tell you a story so it's about the guy and it's, or it's about the girl and it starts off she's getting married daddy's setting everything up she wants everything perfect he's in the suit and you're thinking it's just another straight love song blah 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 but then throws it on the head he's not the one getting married to her, he's down the back, he's getting drunk because she's marrying someone else. So there we go, finally an actual country song in here. The production though, it's still pop, okay? So let's take a look here. Uh, it's Thomas Rhett, Marry Me. It's written by Thomas Rhett, Shane McAnally, Ashley Gorey, and Jesse Frazier. Produced by Jesse Frazier, Thomas Rhett, and again, Dan Huff. So here we go, third song on this list produced by Dan Huff and he seems to be bringing a very pop sound to his production and which is kind of surprising because like I said you take a look at some of the people he's worked with Fate Hill, Trace Adkins, Martina McBride, Carrie Underwood they even in this day and age they're still sounding very country but Megadeth as well so maybe he's taking some of that Megadeth sound and bringing it into to some of these um, tracks because it's just sounding all samey to me I'm loving the lyrics of this song, definitely a country song, and I think Shane McAnally is probably the influence there. One of the writers, and he's written some of, a couple of great songs, there's Leanne Womack's Last Call, brilliant song, Miranda Lambert's Mama's Broken Heart, which he wrote with Casey Musgraves, and here you go, this is the big one, he's, he's pretty much Casey Musgraves' co-songwriter, he's 
append like most of her two albums. Great, great singer, great songwriters. So yeah, there's definitely some country influence here. This is the most country song I've heard so far in this. And this time, the album it comes from is um, Life Changes, which is Thomas's third album. So we're not dealing with the debut here. So maybe this is someone finally starting to find their voice. So we got a little bit of hope here, folks. What we got up next? Oh, God. Okay, I'm not even going to play much of this at all. All right. Up next is B.B. Rexa. Okay, now that's not her singing at the moment. That's one half of Florida Georgia Line singing at the moment, which is what has me going. I'm throwing up a little in my mouth here, to be honest. I do not like Florida Georgia Line. They are everything bad about country music at the moment. They're that pure bro country pop. Just no, just no, no, no. This is the number one song on country music charts at the moment. It's not their track, it's B.B. Rex's track. Um, so it's from her album All Your Fault. She's a pop singer. She is not a country singer. It's it's right there in her resume. She is pop. She just happened to co-write this and has done the song with Florida Georgia Line. So they've thrown it in onto the country charts. Again, she's actually I like her vocals. But again, we're just not dealing with country here, folks. So if you're going to label it country, make it bloody country. I just, um, this is what's getting me at the moment. I've gone through these five songs. I can't say any of them are bad, but except possibly Thomas Rhett's I kind of like, Kane Brown's I kind of like. The others I could just take or leave. They just do absolutely nothing for me. And again, it's not saying that they're bad music because I'm not a critic. I'm just a country music fan. And this is not the music I'm a fan of. I'm just trying hard to figure out how these are labelled as country. So it's leaving me with more questions than answers. I'm still wondering, okay, is there good country music out there? Is the reason these songs are coming to the top is because these are the best of what's out there. They've been labelled country, I'm still not sure why. So they're going out to the country markets, they're getting to the top of the country charts, because they're still the strongest songs out there. And that's kind of worrying. If these are the strongest songs out there, it doesn't say much to country music for me at the moment. Question is now, am I wrong? Is this a case of my rose-tinted glasses telling me that the music I listen to when I started getting into country music is better than this? Or is this going to be pretty much what I'm going to find when I go back and take a look at the charts from 25 years ago? Is it still going to be basically full of pop music masquerading as country music. So there's only one way to find out. Let's get on to the tracks from 25 years ago. Get away from friggin' me, Bexa. Okay, so here we go. Let's go back in time to 1993. And first up is, oh, now hold on, that's wrong. We gotta go back here for a second. Dun, 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 dun. We're looking for Doug Stone. And too busy being in love. Here we go. So this is number five from 25 years ago. If I had taken the time to write down a few Okay, um, well we're not off to a great start. Doug Stone's a decent singer, he had a nice little career. Um, better than this track is letting on anyways. That's 
What, his vocals sound like he's at the back of the room singing across the room to the microphone. I don't know why that's so faded out. So we got we got some bad production going on here anyways. Um, to my ear, it definitely sounds more country. You got your fiddle, you got your pedal steel. So again, it's just a mid-tempo ballad, nothing special. So even though it sounds a lot more country to the ear than the first songs we came across, I'm still not convinced it's really that much of a country song. His vocals are more country, the production is more country, but we're still dealing with a generic kind of, oh wow, I'm so in love song. Um, it's, it's not dragging me in, it's not grabbing my attention. And I'll be honest with you, I don't remember this song from back then. It's definitely one that passed me by, I didn't notice. And while getting ready for this podcast and listening to these songs through the week, I barely remember listening to this as well. It's that friggin' generic. It just passed from one ear out to the other, has left no impression on me whatsoever. So, okay, maybe maybe I'm right. Maybe it's been rose-tinted glasses. Maybe... The reason I got to be a country music fan was because I was finding all the good stuff. That what was in the charts at the time actually wasn't any better than is what is, is in the top of the charts now. Different, right? Definitely different. It, it still hadn't let go of that classic kind of country sound. But that song is, again, it's just, it's nothing special at all. There's no reason for that to be a chart-topping song. Um, a nice album filler, maybe but not a song that should be um, going to the top of the charts. So definitely no better, possibly worse than the songs we've been listening to so far. Um, I think I'd prefer The What Ifs by Kane Brown and the, the Marry Me by Thomas Red over this anyways. The others I'm not even going to compare to it because... It, there you go, this song means nothing to me. The other three from that last chart mean nothing to me. I couldn't even compare or contrast them because it's just like, yeah, fine, they're there, move on next song so off to a bad start for the comparison here the old chart isn't necessarily winning what we got next aha Okay, so this is Vince Gill and Don't Let Our Love Start Slipping Away and now I'm, I'm a little more in my zone. This is a little more like, I like a bit of Vince Gill. Listen to those vocals. Just those nice, sweet, you know, lilting vocals. Listen to this chorus. Nice little bit of guitar work in there as well, so definitely much fresher sounding, much better production on this uh, this track. Um, so Don't Let Our Love Start Slipping Away was written by Vince Gill with Pete Warner, uh, produced by Tony Brown, who produced a lot of stuff back then, and the way Dan Huff is doing now. So, you know, just because a producer is cropping up time and time again doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I'm not trying to put down the fact that Dan Huff 
produced three of those songs there because uh, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll find Tony Brown's name popping up a lot here as well and it's from Vince's album I Still Believe In You which was his fifth album Vince Gill doesn't sound like anyone else does he? you know you're not going to compare that to someone else you're not going to mistake that for someone else it's his fifth album he found his sound he knew what he was doing some nice little guitar work on it and this is the first song where the lyrics are forefront you know what I mean you're listening to what he's singing it's not just a big wall of production the song comes first and foremost so that again is country music for me good country music should start with the song it doesn't start with the singer it doesn't start with the instrumentation it starts with the song then you find the right singer for the song and you you find the right instrumentation for the song up until now it seems to me that they're trying to make up for maybe they don't really believe in the song so they're making up for that with big production so if you're not really listening to it you just get caught into a, a catchy lyric or a catchy little riff from your you're gone you forget about the rest of it this one is putting the lyrics up there forefront bam listen to it like it don't like it if i'm going to be critical it's still not the you know even though the lyrics are up there forefront it's still not the best okay it's still it's more real than we've heard so far don't let our love start slipping away so it's acknowledging the fact that you've got to work on it you know just because you loved someone 10 years ago does not mean automatically that's just going to continue on you have to keep working on it don't let our love start slipping away keep working at it this is worth keeping so it's a little more real in that way so like i would have said more growing up more what country music should be about so i think we're back on track here that's a nice track definitely one of the classics and one that would make me sit up and listen and so yeah here we go so one bad one good so my favorite track so far of what we've heard definitely the vince gill don't let our love start slipping away but now now we're about to get to the good stuff okay so number three from 25 years ago was he could see the storm clouds rolling across the hill Garth Brooks somewhere other than the night now sorry that's country music right you you compare this to what we've heard so far even the Vince Gill track and now all of a sudden you have something you have to just stop and listen to and it's a story it's a story first and foremost you know it's the story again real love a couple who've let the spark go out of their marriage he's been so busy working trying to provide for them that he's ignored he's, he's left her to the side he thinks he's doing a good job he's providing he's putting the roof over their heads but she's feeling lonely at home neglected and she's telling him she's letting him know man just and then Garth Brooks is not the best vocalist in the world, let's be honest, right? There's plenty of other people. Vince Gill just before would technically be a better vocalist. But there's such sincerity in the way he sings these songs, you know? 
it feels real. The thing with good country music is the singer should sound like they've lived the song. You can't tell me that the first few we heard today sounded like they've lived. They just didn't. But Gart sounds like he's lived this song. It sounds like he's had this revelation opened up to him. Um, so the song itself comes from his album The Chase, uh, which was his fourth album. So there you go. Although no, Gart came out with the gates pretty pretty full formed. Um, it was written by Kent Blazy, who did a lot of stuff with Gart and Gart himself, and produced by Gart's longtime producer Alan Reynolds. And just that's that's the type of song that got me into country music, you know. It wasn't just radio filler. It wasn't just an album filler. And the funny thing is, even though here I am I'm gushing about it, it wouldn't be my favourite Gart song. And I doubt if you asked 50 people their favourite Garth Brooks songs, their top five, it probably wouldn't hit the top five. That's how good his repertoire was. And yet, here we are. As far as I'm concerned, except possibly the Vince Gill we just heard, this is head and shoulders over everything we've heard so far today. I'd definitely put it over the Vince Gill if we're judging it on country music purely because it's more country than the Vince Gill track was. So there we go. Two good, great tracks even. And up next then, who is now Mrs. Garth Brooks. Mama told her baby girl, take it real slow. Girl told her mama, hey, I really gotta go. He's waiting in the car. Mama said, girl, you won't get far. So Trisha Yearwood, Walk Away Joe. Oh my God, I love this song. I think it's my favorite of hers. Just absolutely beautiful. Again, the lyrics just grab you straight away, pull you into the song. The way she sings it, just that beautiful voice. And if you haven't heard this before, you're in for a treat because she has another great voice helping her out with the, uh, the vocals on the chorus. Listen to this. And that boy's just a walk away, Joe. Born to be a lever, tell you from the word go. Destined to deceive her, he's the wrong kind of paradise. She's gonna know it in a matter of time. That boy's just a walk away, Joe. So that's Don Henley there from the Eagles helping out Trish on the harmony vocals on the chorus. And if you, if you knew the Eagles, you knew that voice so distinctive again and here we go Vince Gill, Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood we've gone through three songs now three artists all very individual you're not going to get them mixed up you couldn't mess around with these songs they belong to the artist as you hear them sing them they just put their stamp on them there's just so much individuality there they just are those songs when they sing them the lyrics are forefront, you know, it's the story of the young, impetuous girl who's met this good-looking guy that swept her off her feet. He's bad. Her parents know he's bad. She doesn't care. Off she goes. And then, they're just giving him the advice. He's just going to advice. He's just going to walk away. And of course, by the end of the song, that is exactly what he does. Leaves her abandoned. Lives up to his name. And the heartbreak is laid out there in the song. Country music, that is what country music does. So the song was written by Vince Melamond and Greg Barnhill. Now, so far, 
I will have to give credit to everyone, I think, except I think for Doug Stone. We didn't actually call out the writers there. Yeah, Doug Stone was um, it was a singer, not a songwriter. Trisha Yearwood is a singer, not a songwriter. Everyone else so far though has had a hand in writing the song, so you got to give them credit for that. I always like to see that. And um, but Trisha, no, she was never a songwriter. But my God, can she sing? The track was produced by Garrett Fundis again, who produced a fair bit of Trisha's stuff. There we go. Here's the. You knew it was coming, still had to listen. Um, and it's from Trisha's second album, Hearts and Armor. So it's kind of putting a hole in my hole. Maybe you just need to find your voicing. This was only her second album, and wow, that just blew me away. That's one of the tracks that got me into country music. So obviously, Garth started me off, heard the concerts, got his albums, and then I started to expand out. I'd heard of Trisha because she had done background vocals for Garth, so she does the harmony vocals on a few of his tracks, so naturally I went, right, well, sure, she's got albums out, let's have a listen to her, and then I heard this, and it was like, oh, yeah. So for me, definitely, this is the music that got me into country music. This is what I want to be hearing. This is what I want to be listening to. Not this faux pop that's top of the charts at the moment. 25 years ago, we've had one poor song and three damn good songs. Let's see what was top of the charts. Number one, 25 years ago on the country music charts, belonged to this guy. Mr. Randy Travis, Look Heart, No Hands. I remember how it used to feel Riding down old Two Mile Hill Tennis shoes up on the handlebars Paying no mind to the passing cars No doubts no Okay, what can I say about Randy Travis? It starts with that voice. I know I said a little while ago that it's got to start with the song but when it comes to Randall Travis, it starts with the voice. That's just so distinctive, isn't it? No walls, no net, just you to catch me. And those vocals just drip country, and there's just no way he's recording a pop song. And that kind of would be the knock against Randy Travis. It has often been said that he coasted through a lot of his career with mediocre songs that he just pulled out of the doldrums with that amazing voice. For me, this track will be one of those. I don't think the track itself is all that strong. Just let go and reach for the sky. You know, sometimes it felt Again, it is a pretty much a generic song, but it's just those vocals. You can't help but sit up and listen. Um, so yeah, maybe he did. Now, this track came not from an individual album as such, it came from a Greatest Hits collection. Um, it was written by Trey Bruce and Russell Smith. Again, Randy wouldn't have been the songwriter. And produced by Randy's longtime producer, Kyle Lenning. And it came from his Greatest Hits volume too. So it was a collection of his hit songs and they recorded one or two fresh songs to make the fans bias who would have already had the all the older stuff. So look, it's not a great song, truth be told, it really isn't. I do love it though, 
but it's again that's that's a that definitely 100% this time I will hold my hand up and say that's just pure personal preference if someone else recorded it I'd probably hate it but I just love his singing it's just oh normally when you hear that whine in a voice it just drives you demented it's just horrible it drives you down but there's just something beautiful by way, the way that man whines it just makes any lyric, no matter how mundane, no matter how silly, just sounds so perfect. So, okay, I think for me, let's take a look at the top five here as an overall. Three good songs. Great performances. Four, if you're going for performances. I think the Randy Travis song, not a great song, but the performance is great. Doug Stone, oh god, that, no, that's horrible. So, yeah. I definitely would have preferred the top five from 25 years ago to the top five from today. I think for me it wins hands down because it was, for the most part, country music. The songs themselves were country songs, but three out of the five, let's say, were country. Well, two out of the five, I suppose, really. Then the other two could have been pop songs in different hands and one was just rubbish. But the early stuff, or today's stuff, the top five from today, pure pop music there's maybe one semi-country song in it everything else is pop so let's keep looking and um, it doesn't seem to be a case that the music out there is bad at the moment maybe just mislabeled maybe just mislabeled okay let's leave it at that for today thanks very much for listening and uh, so country music musings is what you've been listening to i'm paul Connolly. you can find me on facebook as country music musings on twitter at, at country music musings and uh, subscribe to the podcast either through itunes or on podomatic that's all for today i will see you again next time and i hope i won't leave it quite so long bye for now